Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello, and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm here with my friend, my bro, my main man, Jack Berry. Dude, you have got some... You like that? You've got some jazz singer lounge vibes going on. Come on now. (laughs) You got some NPR. <laughs> Nobody likes this, but you got that NPR like N- announcer voice <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm Tom Cocaine. <laughs> Welcome to All Things Considered, <laughs> dude. See, literally, when I was when I was uh, fresh out of high school, um, I got a job at a local grocery store where I grew up, and I would normally, normally more often than not, if it wasn't like a freight day, I'd be closing. So, store closed at 9, and every night, driving home, just just to keep me awake, it's not because I enjoyed it, it's not because I was, I really wasn't even listening to it, but I would turn NPR on, just to have some, like, background noise as I'm driving. The jazz. And, dude, the jazz, It man. is, so, so, in all, all talk, why is it so boring? Like, what is it about NPR that is like, it's like ASMR radio. It's just like everyone, it's like in order, like it's a requirement in order to be a disc jockey or a radio host on NPR, you have to have the most melodramatic, like boring voice. Like, like you need to be like, like narrating Jacques Cousteau documentaries. (laughs) Like that's, that's, that's what you have to, why, why is NPR so boring? Dude, I mean, it's the nature of the beast. It's NPR. Let's be honest about this. It's NPR. Dude, my dad, when we were on these long road trips, my dad would do two things sometimes. He would either crank jazz off NPR or jazz. car talk. Oh. You know what car talk is? Dude, that's a blast from the past. Oh, yeah. Car talk. Dude, my dad. So my dad was a mechanic all of his life. Literally all of his life. Had his own mechanic shop in Cleveland for about a year and a half before he moved out to Washington State. But- Dude, car talk, 
Man, you want to talk about edumacation going on there? Dude, that show. Well, when they have call-ins too, like be like, Bro, yeah, yeah, I've got this problem with my uh, with my alternator, dude. Not doing it. And they would like solve it on it. This air. would this was like proto podcast almost. That show was like proto podcast because literally you could probably resurrect that kind of format in a prog- in a podcast version, and you would get tons of listeners off of it. But they have to be tied to those original two guys. Like they got to be the grandsons or like right. Yeah, hundred percent. You can't be no. It's like I knew this. The guy. show was passed down in the will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. all right, now you have to take over the the host chair. Yeah, and help people solve their car troubles yeah. over the radio. Yeah, yeah. Man, oh my gosh, dude, I I love the radio. I don't know why, but one of my favorite things to do, and it's I think part of it's nostalgia, but then also is just I think it's super cool. Is I love listening to. Mariners baseball radio. Yeah. If the Mariners are playing, it like sometimes it I enjoy watching it, but sometimes I love turning the dial and listening to Mariners radio and listening to the game on the radio. There's just something about it football, that I just love. Football and baseball are something really baseball is definitely more a spectacle. Football, it seems like okay, he's sending them da 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 football is too fast paced. Yeah. Sorry, I have to pay. I have to pay for our <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I got caught slacking. Uh, I got caught uh, slacking. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball, baseball, <laughs> football, football's too fast paced for me um, on the radio. Oh yeah. Um, like I have to kind of be watching it in order to understand what's going on. Okay, you know what's interesting? What? So Joel, who we both know, he's my yes. best man at my wedding. Yes. He is from North Carolina, and he's a diehard Panthers fan, Carolina Panthers fan. They, in, I think the last, it was one of the last couple years, I think it was the year actually that the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, which was a couple years ago, a couple to a couple years ago. It was yeah. a while ago, yeah. Um, so they had a Hispanic play calling team. Dude. Wow. This was like, um, this was like a soccer play calling but dude, these guys were crazy. They made up names for all the players. What? Dude, like it was nuts. I loved it. Every time I would just watch the replays because they would crack me up because they would be like like they would come up with the craziest like nicknames for some of those players. Like it was ban- it was bananas. It was so fun though. But I would I will legitimately I I've tried to find to see if they've had Hispanic play callers for other NFL teams, and they don't. And it's so demoralizing because I love it, dude. Jack's like, where is? I need my Espanol, dude. It's <laughs> it's incredible. I love it. Every I wish they would have that more often, but I don't think the I don't think that's a, a market yet for them. But man, oh, it's man. incredible. But it's probably a lot like Snoop Dogg, like. Uh, Commentating over National <laughs> Geographic. Have you ever seen? That? <laughs> you seen those? Oh my gosh! You seen those videos? The uh, the the best video is when they take the the beast mode, the original beast mode run yeah. from Marshawn. Sharp. Yep. Have, have you seen the video where they take that, dub it over this uh, this National Geographic video of this lizard escaping from this like vi- like this brood of snakes that's no, trying to really? eat it? Oh my gosh! Look at people. Look it up. He's like. He's like, this guy tried to get me. Nope. Blocked him. Mirrors 
the commentary from Marshawn Lynch, and you will die laughing right, every single to, time. I'm gonna have to look that up after I, after we're done, dude. Here. It is, it is the it is the funniest thing ever because it's Marshawn Lynch and this lizard escaping for his life and literally mirroring all of the commentary that Marshawn Lynch is giving. Oh, oh man, dude, uh, dude, I'm gonna have to. Oh man, yeah. I'll add it to the list of it's, things to dude, look up. Look, top look up. 10 YouTube video on the planet right there. At well, least for me. You know what's not going to make the top 10, Jack? <laughs> dude, my segues. You got to love my segues, man. <laughs> Your segues are so like... <laughs> you know what's not going to make the top 10 is this podcast episode. <laughs> I already know it. I already know. Uh, this is not going to be a good episode. I'm calling it from the start. From like like if I like like <laughs> Vegas odds, I'm calling it right now. Uh, this is this isn't going to be a good one because what we are talking about is something that. Um, oh man! Uh, how do we, as the local church, yes, love yep. our local government? Yeah, when we do not agree with them. Yeah. This was your idea, and I already <laughs> resent you. I, I already resent you for it because I know things that you're going to be saying. What? No. And yes, no, what? I do, I do, I do, and I already know that my spirit is going to agree with them, and my flesh is going to want to punch you. <laughs> oh man! That's what's about to happen. Uh, so why don't we just bite this bullet yeah. and start right in? So Jack, yes, why are we talking about this today? We are talking primarily about this subject, um, man. First of all, because um, I want to try and root this in scripture as well, too. So. When we talk about, so right now, there's a huge distrust for government across the board, right? And Yes. Okay, so I guess. That's, I would say that's an understatement. <laughs> so I get, I, get the re, I get the sentiment of that because I do understand primarily in the current political situations we've been in for the last 20 years. I mean, let's be honest. Since Watergate. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. maybe back further a little Nixon. bit. Nixon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Who was not a crook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so I think maybe even after probably probably JFK, once he was assassinated, there made a turn for a lot of people to basically um, – Stop trusting the government on multiple different angles. Um, and I get that sentiment to a lot of different degrees with uh, differences in understanding policy. And if you don't like certain political policies and if those policies are, you know, not even biblical, um, basically right around the 60s, because you do have some revolutionary things that happen in the 60s. Right. But. I think what we need to also do as well too is root ourselves in an understanding that myself and some other leaders within the church take in which we have to have orthodoxy in exile. We know that what we believe from the scripture, from doctrine, right, is not going to be 
wholesale bought into by everybody and they're not gonna trust it, right? So I know that when my government, local government officials do something, they are not, they are looking out for a majority consistent, uh, a majority constituency that voted for them to make sure that they get reelected and whatnot, right? I may not have voted for them, but I will pray for them and I will continue to seek out that they hear the gospel and that they live that out, right? So this is really tough too in the sense that there is a lot of controversy over obviously vaccines, vaccine mandates, um, taxation, not I haven't taxation. heard anything about vaccines. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Vaccines. I haven't seen, I haven't heard anything about vaccines since the swine flu. Like, what are you talking about so, there? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm oblivious. So, okay. So there is, there is a multiple plethora of philosophies and how you view governments and government because of either mandating or don't mandate or do all these things. In one degree, you can absolutely critique them because it looks like they're making kind of, okay, are you really getting the whole picture here or are you just doing this for your constituency? And then on the other hand, and when they do make a decision that you disagree with, um, you're caught somewhat in the middle sometimes on a lot of things. And that leaves the believer who's in exile to ask themselves a lot of questions about uh, about different things, right? So you have like different views and opinions about should we re? I mean, in California, especially right now, like should we recall the governor because of stuff that he's made policy wise? Um, I mean, that's that's really kind of California's thing. But I look at what the governors do like along the West coast. And that's differing throughout the country, what every other governor does. But I want to root this back into scripture because I think this is important. Why do you got to go do that? Um, <sighs> first Timothy chapter two. No, not first Timothy chapter two. <laughs> Anywhere. First of all, uh, this is from the, this is from the Camden street Bible, AKA the CSV as, to, oh, as, went, as Dougie went. Logan used to, used to always say, um, first of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. For kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. It is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, the man Jesus, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time, for this I was appointed, this is Paul, for this I was appointed an, a herald, an apostle, I am telling you the truth, I'm not lying, and a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. It is good and pleases God, our Savior, to pray for those people in authority who we think don't know him, who are acting out of maybe cultural Christianity. But we... <laughs> I think Christians have this, American Christians have this underlying thing of 
if I don't get my way, I'm going to act snarky about it. And there are some times when I see on social media where our pastors are saying, hey, we need to pray for our governmental leaders in an earnest way. And we respond with um, things like, well, let's just pray Psalm 58 over them and let's start in verse 6 where it says, Lord, knock their teeth out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Do you, like, are you really loving and trying to communicate and pray for that person who probably does not know Jesus, I'm assuming, because I take that stance with most people? Um, or are you just trying to be snarky and trying to dunk on quote-unquote dunk on liberals to get those points um that is a huge thing and that not going only goes for 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 different governors who are democratic but also for the republican governors as well too because you see it on both sides you're doing this i don't agree with what you're doing like let's go after them and use these verses in order to quote-unquote get imprecatory prayers but if we truly care about the gospel going out and people hearing it and people being transformed, it's really difficult for me to see that kind of language and say, uh, are you really praying for that person in all earnesty or are you doing it out of spite? Oh, Lord, give me strength. <laughs> Lord, help me. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's... This is something that hits home for me very closely mm. because um, I am not one that really engages in in politics yeah. per se. Like I'm not – I hate talking politics. I hate everything about politics. I'm not a political guy. I don't yeah. watch – I don't watch, you know, any news network at all. You know, just things like that. But something that I am very prone to – is grumbling and complaining. Mm. And over this past year, um, one of the main outlets for that grumbling and complaining has been my local government mm. um, because of things that they have done that I don't agree with, uh, that have made my life difficult yep. and the lives of people that I love difficult. Sure. Um, you know, And those are real things, yeah. right? right? Those are real things. Yeah. Um, but I have been convicted of this in that I see in my life that my default response is to curse them mm. instead of seeing them as individuals who are acting out of a nature that has not been cleansed by the gospel. And therefore individuals that I should pity and love and pray sincerely for their salvation because heathens going to heath man yeah you know and I fall into the trap often of expecting non-believers to act and think like believers mm. and therefore judging them as such sure right our governor is not a believer mm -hmm. right and the decisions that he makes the things that he supports um, the vast majority of them I'm I'm against just because I'm a Christian. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't believe in abortion, right? Yeah. I don't believe in in a lot of the the <clears throat> things that he supports. Yeah. And it's very easy for me to fall into that mentality of just 
writing him off as going into hell in a handbasket, and he can go there as quickly as he can. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is a very, very ungodly, sinful, and self-righteous mentality to have. Um, and I think it has... And I've seen that in the church as well. Sure. Right. Um, not every, not everyone. Again, we're not blanket statementing. But I do see in the American church, especially the church that we would probably, you know, more in our circles, right? The more reformed, very conservative theologically and politically and socially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our default is often to call out the injustice and call out the wrong things that are happening rightly, but then go even a step further and condemn to hell the individuals that are doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's not our job. Right. Um, And yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I think is a serious issue in the local church. It's a serious issue in my life. Like, I'm just being 100% transparent. Like, sure, yeah. I struggle with grumbling and complaining. Yeah. I struggle with not um, viewing my governor. Like, <laughs> let's just make it personal. I struggle with not viewing my governor as an individual that is made in the image of God. Mm. And because of that, if I can somehow, you know, it's like the old World War II tactic. If you can... <laughs> dehumanize your enemy it makes them easier to kill sure you know what i'm saying those were tactics that were used in order to to give these soldiers the ability to wage war right i can do that in my head with individuals that i don't like Mm -hmm. i can make them somehow less than because of the policies that they support or the things that they say or the ways that they make my life difficult (laughs) in some aspects and i can look at them and be like you know, I don't really feel like praying for their salvation. Hmm. Um, I don't think they really, uh, they really, you know, deserve that, hmm. which is very ironic <laughs> because neither did I. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is, this is difficult yeah. because, because it, it really is something that I see as a serious issue in my life as someone who struggles to sincerely, to, cons- to sincerely love those that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like praying for your, <clears throat> like like we are commanded to pray for our leaders, regardless of what they believe, yeah. regardless of what they promote. We're commanded to submit to them as far as we can biblically yeah. and to never cease praying for their salvation yeah. and for the Lord to give them wisdom and for the Lord to give them the ability to lead well. That's really hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> because it grates against everything that that like my flesh would rather do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think uh, a huge thing as well too. This this goes back into how decisions are made based upon the current situation we're in right now with COVID and whatnot. When we see a leader make what we think to be I'll give you an example that's pretty local. The governor of Oregon actually mandated that everybody wear a mask outside. Now, this is coming from somebody that has been, uh, you know, this is just me speaking. I don't really have an issue with wearing a mask and stuff like that. Whatever, I'll deal with it. 
But when I look at the data <laughs> and when I look at transmission rates, outside is not where you're going to get a transmission rate very high. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to call people out on and say, why aren't you looking at the data? Why aren't you doing this? While also keeping in mind as well, too, is she coming from a place like, do I have patience for those kind of people that are making those decisions? Cause it's super tough. It's oh, super tough, man. Patience is so hard, man. Um, and especially with people who are overseeing the place that you live and the neighborhoods that you live in and how you work and how you do things. Because, guys, I don't know if you figured this out, but Americans love their freedom. <laughs> what? <laughs> and if you even uh, poke that bear in a certain direction, in the wrong direction, uh, there is going to be a lot of outlash. And, and to that certain extent, I understand that. But to also to another extent, how are we doing what the scripture says in trying to go to God and plead with him and say, Lord, I don't know where this person is with you. Please either let me or let other people depending upon their proximity to this person preach the gospel and share the gospel with them in word and deed and that is very difficult to do when people are making decisions that affect your everyday life that it feels like it doesn't affect them at all i think that's the other thing that's very huge is that people feel like you're making decisions off of shooting at the hip and it's not going to affect you because let's be honest, there have been some absolutely hypocritical things that have happened in our government and that doesn't bode well with a ton of different constituencies, yeah, not only yeah. nationally, but statewide. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah. The government has screwed the pooch on so much oh. here. Okay. Like, like, and again, like probably my, my, uh, my conservatism, my conservatism, is that, is that a yes, word? Yes, yeah, that's a word. showing a little bit. Like, I haven't agreed with really anything our government has done. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just where I fall, right? Like, I'm not in agreement with really any of it. Um, because I I don't think it's logical. And, you know, there's, there's a myriad of reasons that I don't need to get into. Um, but at the end of the day, what I'm... <laughs> It doesn't matter. Mm. And, and that's what's hard is in my head, I want it like that's the main thing is I disagree with it. Therefore, um, I can uh, totally discount them whatsoever and everything they say and everything they do. And I don't I don't need to like I'm not bound by scripture to to care for them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And like, in the context that Paul is writing this in Timothy, like Paul is at the mercy of an abusive government. Yeah. <laughs> He's in jail. Yeah. <laughs> awaiting his head to be cut off. Yeah. And Paul's in jail waiting that saying, you know what? This king, this emperor, this ruler that's most likely about to kill me, mm. you should be praying for him. Yeah. Because he is living in darkness mm. and he needs Jesus. Like that is such <sighs> we have just this this mentality to and this this like this this leaning toward toward viewing viewing things in the temporal 
right? Just how it affects me right here, right? Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's all it's all horizontal, like right? you know. And what Paul is doing is he's blowing it up and saying, "Look, look, look! This is you as a Christian have such a higher priority and such a higher calling. Yeah, that those individuals that you don't dis- that that you disagree with that are." Albeit, like making your life difficult, like businesses are being shut down, and mm. you know people are having to go against their convictions, and churches are shutting down. Like, like bad things are happening. Yeah, yeah. It's not cool. Yeah. I don't like it. It, it. it is wrong, but that does not give us the right to not pray for those individuals and not view those individuals as made in the image of God, mm-hmm. and because of that. You know, worthy to be prayed for. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know why that it, there's such a disconnect there and why that's so hard for us to do and for me to do, but it's something that we, we need to get better at because <sighs> that's what we're commanded to do in scripture. Yeah. It's, I think it's, like I said, it's a, it's a tough thing because I think what people are saying in our country is there's like a, there's an ever there's like a funnel there's like almost like a i'll say it there's almost like a caste system to a certain degree sure yeah, yeah, yeah. like the people who have always been blue collar and hardworking, their generations will be that way and people who somehow get their way into government somehow generation i mean you can look at different political dynasties honestly so you can look at um the adams family back in our beginning of uh, the sure United it was a States. TV show, <laughs> right? The the non monster Adams family. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. John yeah. Quincy and John. Oh, Adams. our founding yes, father yes. Adams. Not the not the not the sixties TV show. Okay, sorry. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. <laughs> so you have like yeah. so you have like those guys, right? So you have like a dynasty, quote unquote. There. You also have like um, the Roosevelts, right? Either. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt or FDR uh, or even his Teddy Roosevelt's kids who were uh, generals within World War II. And then you have um, somewhat, I mean, you have the Kennedys, right? Big, huge political dynasty family. The Bushes. The Bushes. Right? All damn Bushes. (laughs) So, I mean, and it's across the board politically, but it's almost like when we see that... I think what we also have issue with as well, too, is like, why doesn't the church have that? Why doesn't the church have a way in which we can have this this almost like Davidic legacy within our government that's actually kind of redemptive in that way? And I think it's so tough for us to like reconcile wanting that to a certain degree but knowing that if it does happen spoiler alert well yeah i was gonna say first and second chronicles you know like i mean that's literally israel asking for a king yeah you know like but i think deep down in our hearts we always we desire those things to be kind of manifested sure we want the government to be run our way yeah like like we want to be the ones that are in control of making the laws yeah so yeah i think it's I mean, no doubt about it. Like I've, there's been times where I've grumbled as well too. And so I don't think anybody's exempt from grumbling. I think, um, sometimes the hard part of it is 
when consciences are starting to be binded per se in that sense and I think that's the toughest part is because I have seen a lot of differing opinions I'm probably I don't know to certain opinions I'm in the minority on things and try to have some nuance in it as well too and other things like I'm in the majority of so it's very hard when you see just even people within the church, I guess, disagree. And then you're left to this, but are we still okay here? Like, are we still all right? And I think sometimes uh, that happens on like a state level. Like, are we still okay? Are we still able to, you know, operate and stuff like that? But yeah, it's, it's very difficult in this time that we're living in. And I don't want to minimize that. Like, I know that there is a ton of different things that are happening across the board in different regions of this country right now that are affecting people differently. Um, and it is it is hard and it's tough, but then, but I default back to that mentality of orthodoxy and exile. Like, I know the government is not going to have, <laughs> to be honest, the Christian's best interest because the government is not trying to bring the kingdom of God. And that is tough to reconcile sometimes. You're sounding posty. I'm not. You're sounding posty. I'm not there, trying man. to be that way. Some I'm post not coming. <laughs> All of our postman listeners are like, oh, yes, yes. keep going, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> and who is supposed to bring in that kingdom of God? <laughs> Us. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, I mean, the thing of it is, too, is when you have the refuge of your local church, there is a, hu- a new humanity that you get exposed to that if you're in the right local church, it is a sweetness to it. Yeah. Especially when there are times that we've gone through in this last year and a half where there is so much division and vitriol and hatred for one another and then you start to see a glimmer of hope and then it goes away and then it's like this ebb and flow ever ever ebbing and flowing sure and sure you're tossed to and fro and you're asking like what do we do and i just try to keep going back to the gospels to say jesus help me <laughs> decrease and help me have you increase in my life yeah because it is very difficult right now um to to live in a certain way and and do certain things and my and i that's just in our country like i think that the thing that we have to look at as well that maybe is something like that is challenging as well too is like think of the other Christians in other countries where they don't even get the luxury of voting. Sure. They don't yeah. even get the luxury to to try to recall their governors or anything like that. They have to deal with persecution and yeah. hatred yep. 24/7. And so I think that's something that I've tried to been I've tried to think about in my mind a lot. Um in this last year and a half too in, in having that, but yeah, it's I, tough, man. I, I did a pulpit fill, um, for a friend, uh, a while ago and, um, I was sitting there and 
one of the elders gets up to do the past uh, the pastoral prayer. Yeah. Uh, hashtag liturgy. Right. Which <laughs> we're still going to do a series on, man. Like, I love liturgy so much. Oh, yeah. But anyway, but in the pastoral prayer, there was a section in there, a good couple minutes, where the elder was leading the church in praying for our leaders, both locally and nationally. Yeah. And as I was sitting there listening, I was very convicted, mm. thinking, like, I can't remember the last time that I prayed to the Lord for the salvation of my governor or my president. Like, I can't remember the last time I did that. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that that's it is sobering, but it is also a very good reminder that mm. I am not of this world. Yeah. America is not my home. Yeah. And I get caught up in the mentality of viewing everything through the lens of an American or through the lens of my individual political, uh, you know, uh, belief system, right? Instead of viewing everything through the lens of I'm a Christian, I'm an exile here, I'm passing through on my way to heaven, and I am here to show Christ and to do good to those around me, whether they do good to me or not. Yeah. And that's the mentality we need to have as the local church, is to be viewing our leaders as individuals that are in desperate need of Jesus. And yes, act your conscience, act in accordance to scripture, and you're going to be forced at times to to obey the government and to disobey the government based yeah. on what those convictions are, right? Because the government, like Jack and I said, like they're not they're not pushing biblical truth. So you're going to run into those times. Yeah. But whatever the times, whether your government is doing something that you agree with or something that you disagree with, it does not change the fact that we are to be in constant prayer and hope for the salvation of those leaders. That's what we're called to do as Christians. So that's convicting to me, um, but it is something that needs to be said and something that we need to remember and strive to uh strive to do more as the local church um, in showing our our love for our leaders in that we pray for them and we uh, submit where we can and but it is constantly through the lens of hoping and pleading to the Lord for the salvation of those leaders so that's something we should we should be doing it's hard but it's something that we need to be doing I just go back to what we have at our church as part of our liturgy, which is called the gospel call Uh, every Sunday morning, like probably right before this, a couple worship songs, one of our pastors gets up late on me and he says, he goes, you know, welcome to summit Christian fellowship. He says to all who are weary and need rest to all who mourn and long for comfort to all who are who to all who feel worthless and wonder if God even cares to all who fail and um, and need strength to all who sin and need a savior to all who hunger and thirst for righteousness to all or and to whoever will come this church opens wide her doors and offers her welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ so would we say that if our governor walked through the door Absolutely, but no, no. I mean, I mean, yes. I <laughs> hope that's true. Yeah, but like, that's the question. Like, if if our president walked through the doors of our church, would we welcome him? Thus, that's like, the challenge. Oh man, 
and as much pent up I mean even especially what we're going through in Afghanistan has got me pretty pretty hot at times that gospel call and some of that version says he's the ally to his enemies he's the defender of the defenseless Jesus is completely not of this world and he gives us this love that isn't of this world because the world would say if that guy came into the church you need to drive him out yeah right <laughs> you need to put him up against a wall and stone him yeah and Jesus is saying no you need to show him love through gospel word and deed and that is so difficult to do um but we're called to love our enemies and the hardest part of being called to love our enemies is putting aside our pride because we uh, don't like our enemies policies you had to you had to bring pride <laughs> into it you just had you had to didn't you you just you, like you couldn't leave well enough alone <laughs> I'm I'm already on the ropes, <laughs> like the rev, like my, my coach is about to throw in the towel, and you just gave me one last uppercut with the pride, and now I'm out. I'm on the canvas now. Thanks a lot, Jack. You're welcome, brother. <laughs> Get us out of here, Jack. Get us out of here, <laughs> folks. If you appreciate these honest and open dialogues about some really hard things going on Sheesh. in our country and our society and our local churches today. You can join this conversation on the sociables, the Instagram, if you will, the Facebook, the Zuck site, the the tweaker, the little bluebird site. The little bluebird site. Uh, you can all follow us at our tag, at Reformatory Pod. Josh, tell the lovely people, if they still want to hear us again, how they can support us. My name. Well, it doesn't matter because of how high <laughs> taxes are. Like, don't get me going on taxes. Don't be all <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate Jack and I's attempts, fervent attempts to uh, increase the centrality of the local church in the life of the believer, we would ask that you would partner with us if you have the means to do so. First and foremost, in prayer, we covet your prayers. We appreciate them. Uh, if you have the means, an extra $5 a month here and there, you can join our Patreon, uh, become a supporter, and have your name hallowed. Hello. Man, you are, man, you missed it Hello. again. <laughs> you, dude, you pick up your phone. You realize the show's not over until Big Eva sings and I say, the reformatory, right? Like, you realize you can't op you bring up your phone until that's done, right? We have a system. We've only been doing this for over a hundred eps now. Oh man, the centennial's getting to us, y'all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, we hit, we hit over a hundred and like everything just went to crap. We thought we like, were on we easy just, street. We just like, ah, who cares? Oh man, the tire who fell cares? off. Who cares? <laughs> the tire fell off. We still got three tires. Everything's fine. We don't need four. Everything's good. <laughs> Why is uh, our centennial mascot sound like a character out because, of Sopran? <laughs> because he don't care. Because he don't care no more. That's why. Uh, your name will be hallowed. Hallowed. Through, hallowed through the halls of this podcast. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are able, scroll. If you have your iPhones, just scroll down to the bottom of the page. Give us five stars. Give us some fire emojis, some prayer hands, maybe a... Maybe one of those like emojis with the like m like the the weird eyes. 
Oh, yeah. Something. Anything. It doesn't really matter. Write us a little review. We really appreciate it. We thank you all so much for listening. Jack, you can pick up your phone now. (laughs) And we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. (laughs) 